This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Previously on Homestale Radio. Palacis scored again today, so I just yeah. if anybody knows, are the goals bigger in Africa or something? Because he seems to... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like that conundrum. You've got the the fox, the chicken in the bag of seed, and a boat. They've got to get to the other side of the river, but the fo- the fox can't go in the boat with the with the chicken what? and the chicken. Yeah, yeah. Can't, it's like, like Gail can't Gail can't play up front if if Shamak's playing, but Shamak can't play in the hole if Punchin's there. You know, it's, yeah, but you it's take, a conundrum. But you take the chicken over. Fir- no, the fox over first, and then leave the. The, right. Then you go back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good. There we go. Good evening and welcome to Homestead Radio. <laughs> My name is Chris Hambling uh, and I'm your host tonight. Uh, got a new producer today, producer Tav, who uh, runs the At Palace Stats Twitter account and also is the head honcho at uh, Eagles Element also on Twitter. Uh, welcome Tav and also be prepared listeners for some interesting technical failures as our lack of uh, support and training for our new staff is uh, it's legendary in fact. Um, anyway, so tonight we look back at a week that saw a flurry of transfer activity and Alan Pardew's first defeat as Palace manager. With me today are Alex White. Hello. Hello. Uh, Barney Fox. Good evening. Good evening. Patrick O'Connor. Hello, everybody. Hmm, hello. And Nick Gillard. Hello, everyone. Hey, uh, and do get in contact today. There's a jingle coming right up. We'll tell you precisely how to do so. Uh, and we'll begin the chat right after News in Brief. Prom- All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Yannick Balassi's DR Congo side are through to the African Cup of Nations semi-finals after beating Congo 4-2. They went 2-0 down in the tie, but overpowered their opponents by the end of the game. A delighted Balassi said after the match, Our strikers had plenty of chances and it's good to see them put some away. We need to learn how to take, these, take the lead and hold it. Once we get in front, I think there's no one that can stop us. 
Quasi Appiah's Ghana are through to the AFCON semi-finals after a 3-0 win against Guinea. Appiah made the first goal with a great run and cross down the left-hand side before capitalising on the defensive error to score a second goal himself. Eagles skipper Milag Jedinak captain the Socceroos side to the, in the final of the Asian Cup. Palace fans celebrated along with the Australian fans as Milag lifted the cup following his side's 2-1 win against South Korea after extra time. Palace this week completed the signing of midfielder Jordan Much from QPR and left-back Pape Soiree from Lille and former Newcastle striker Shona Amiobi. Much's fee has been reported in the area of 4.5 million, Soiree 3.5 and Amiobi joins on a free transfer. Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.TheEaglesElement.com Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. Hmm. Right, I think that's it. <laughs> um, I'm, I think what we've got coming up first it's actually a um, just something that uh, the gel said in relation to. Uh, I really hate having to actually introduce this. Uh, everyone knows how much I hate hashtag gel knows, but yet again, the you know he was proven correct. And essentially, I still think it's the the old adage: if you throw enough something at a wall, some of it will stick. But um, we are going to listen to um, uh, the latest gel knows clip. I think. Mm. Oh, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I think. I the think the hashtag. Things. I think the hashtag uh, yeah. Alex and Patrick knows is actually better. Do you think it's actually more accurate? Like, as in, Definitely. I mean, has a, has a greater success rate. My problem well, with it is that I honestly think if I no, if, if I had the actual time to put it together, I could I could just put an entire show out of things that says. Um, gel knows, but like are just things that he said incorrectly. Gel doesn't yeah. knows. Yeah, I just doesn't know. <laughs> no, um, Lucy was right last week. Joe knows most of the time, but not always. No, I think she said some of the time. I prefer some of uh, the time. some of the time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, I think I think that's enough build up for now. I'm absolutely positive that it'll be ready any second now. I'm just waiting for the go ahead. I mean, we're building this up. I don't even want it on the show, um, but. <laughs> You know, I'm expecting big things now, though, because it it's is... it. It's, no matter what happens, it's going to be a huge disappointment, isn't it? Really, this is like the world's longest drum roll. It really is. But just to give it some uh, context, we were talking about who we wanted in the next round of the cup, and um, I think the previous round, Nick, you got it absolutely right. And we completely over. We completely ignored you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was just, there was no fanfare, nothing. You tried to say it in the middle of a show, and we talked over you. Because Nick never part knows. Of the fun as well. Anyway, look, balls to this. I'm not waiting any longer. Unless they tell me it's ready right now, we're going to get on with the show. Who cares? No one cares. Right, done. Get on with the show. So, anyway, <laughs> um, the last, um, you know, our, uh, our game against our game against Everton unfortunately ended in a 1-0 defeat. I suppose it could be worse. We could, could have lost 1-0 to Blackpool, eh, Brighton fans? But, um, yeah, I suppose the, the best place to start for me really has to be... We were all talking the week before about how much trouble we'd have picking a side. Um, and when the side came in, I just want to know what your reactions were, guys, because my first thought, my immediate thought was, why is Wilf not in the team? 
if you go and I don't think this is a case of hindsight um, and all that kind of stuff. I just think it's more a case of if you look at all the goals we've scored in the last couple of games, they're all from things that Wilf has done. And I just thought to myself, this is um, you know, it's a it's a bold thing to do. It's a really bold move. Completely agree with getting Mario and Shamak in there, but you know, without having Wilf creating the havoc he creates and. You know, being direct and putting defenders defenses under pressure, I did I did worry. Um, so, what did, what did you think when you saw it, Patrick? Actually, Alex and I were having a, a back and forth conversation on Twitter about it, and I actually picked that exact same lineup. So, my reasoning was this um, regarding uh, Wilf. I just thought he played so well off the bench against Spurs. I think maybe Pardew thought he would do the same exact thing. And against Burnley, if you remember, it was really Gale that. Um, set up the, uh, well, he was part of the goal that Punchin scored, and obviously he scored the third goal. So I think that it was a, it was a, obviously a very tough decision for Pardew, Wolf versus Gale, because when you think about it, who else is it going to be, I guess it would have to be Punchin. But I think just because of the way Gale played against Burnley and um, the fact that Wolf had done such a great job off the bench, better than, I think, than Gale does, I think that was the reason why he probably went with uh, Gale over Wolf. Mm, I just I get nervous when you, you change a winning side, and I realise that we, we've sort of done that every time so far. Yeah. But- yeah, um, right. but for but for me, Will's been a standout player. Um, I can sort of hear myself, which is smashing news. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I want to get just the last couple of people. Go on, then, Nick. Let us know. Yeah, what sorry, in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. We've got Lions five fifty. So you know, with player rotation, we can expect, expect to see far more of it from Pards to suit the opposition's formations, and uh, maybe to keep people happy. Yeah, I noticed he, uh, he was going to ask to bring that up later on because he sent a, a tweet in asking what we thought about that. It's good good enough time to talk about it, really. I do think he, he indicated as much when he was talking about the signing of Amiobi up front and adding to the strikers and saying that in each game there might be a different combination combination of strikers that he wants to use. Um, and you can certainly see that in the mid, mid excuse me in the midfield as well. We're talking about fitting players in, but there certainly will be a degree of rotation. I'm absolutely sure, but I don't want to see it every week um, personally because I, I always think it, when you, you when you're talking about having 22 internationals like the top teams, I can understand rotation on a regular basis, but. We might be able to regu- regu- uh, regularly rotate one or two positions, but um, I don't think it's going to be any more than that. And I can see some very good players having to sit out uh, on a long-term basis. Uh, what do you reckon, Barney? Um, so, first of all, obviously about the the choice of not starting with Wilf and generally the, the sort of the, the lineup he picked overall. Um, I mean, to be honest, I think yesterday's performance kind of sums up my mood really tonight. Just sort of a bit lacklustre, half sort of half a half a second off every ball and I, I, I kind of got when I saw the team sheet I was a bit sort of taken back and then I thought well actually looking at Everton they are Martinez sets them up very tactically and I think Pardew kind of went into it thinking right we're going to have a solid maybe first 20 minutes but obviously it totally backfired um, but with a with a with a daft mistake really from from Delaney just not holding just not uh, keeping on to Lukaku. But I think I have to admit I think if that didn't if that didn't happen, I think we could have got through that first twenty minutes being fairly solid and then sort of grown on that or grown on that start a little bit. Unfortunately, it just sort of went away straight away, and I'm not too sure if if the reaction of tactics really worked. I don't I know. know. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I, like you say, if if you don't concede that stupid first goal, um, the decision not to start Wilf and have him to bring on and, and to you know to change the game and put pressure on later on looks a better one. Nick. Yeah, um, I was quite happy for Wilf to come off the bench, impact sub, and all that. Um, and 
despite the early goal, which I'm sure we'll come back to, we we played brilliantly, I thought, until uh, Schmack's injury. So it, it looked to me to be the right decision. Mm. And it wasn't until Schmack came off and gave away the foul in the process, which was a bit weird, um, mm. that I, I thought that the plan fell apart a little bit. And I'm sure we'll come on to the substitution yeah. of Schmack. But we, we had chances. We had lots mm. of chances in that opening few minutes. And the, the, the first goal was, I don't know, Delaney had an off game for me yesterday. Oh, yeah. and he, he, no. he just watched that ball come over well there's two things he did wrong on that we'll definitely we'll talk about it just now but I want to make a quick reference to what you're talking about in terms of the overall game uh, to read the message boards generally speaking you'd think we'd have um, we'd have had a horrible game and it, I have to say it was frustrating to watch being there I'm, but you know in, in the cold light of day it wasn't a poor performance overall it was just it was just something that didn't quite happen for us but we actually got a lot of possession you know there was a lot of positives unfortunately there were a couple of players who were well off their game and Delaney certainly was one of those um, he did come back quite well and he was much more solid after that. But um, it's the initial run from Naismith. He's, he's got caught because Naismith sort of made a, a curving run and Delaney stepped out to try and intercept the ball and got nowhere near it. I mean, absolutely nowhere near it so to the point where it was ridiculous. Um, and then I just, yeah, and then I, just, I, I don't know why, I don't know why Jules hasn't got more of a hand to it because he's anticipated it brilliantly, but he's just... He's just almost flicks it up perfectly for Lukaku. It's a real, it's a real poor goal to concede. It really was. Um, you say a little bit like Villa at home there, Patrick. Um, well, see, that was a horrible game to watch. Yeah, um, I just kind of think that just looking at it, and it was hard to watch on TV again. Trust me, um, it just felt a lot like you know we were pushing, we had chances, we were playing okay, but it just never felt like the goal was going to come. When... Oh. Ooh. Patrick seems to have cut out a little bit. There, oh no, he's back! He's back. Patrick, he cut out for a little while there. But um, I know the point you're making. Villa, Villa was the same, wasn't it? It was. Um, it was watching uh, watching us basically try to create and not be able to do so for quite a long period of time. It was, yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, Nick, go on. You, you were going to say similar, yeah, but um, well, it's just the difference between uh, if you talk about the Everton and the Villa game. It's been techie and um, what's his face up front for Everton, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Lukaku. But there you go. Yeah, that's, yeah. I suppose that's a difference, and a lot of people will point to that about the transfer window. I'm sure they're talking about, you know, when Everton went out and spent was it twenty? I think it must have been twenty eight million. I'm sure it was on it Lukaku. Was. And Benteke is obviously a player of, of similar standing and value, um, and that they can win you games on their own. Anyway, I think that we could have a, we did announce it, so it's ready now. Let's have a little um, little look back at what Joe said about Liverpool, just so we can get it out of our systems. Hashtag gel knows. Who do we all want in the next round, Gel? Oh, Liv- Liverpool at home. We've got the hoodoo on them. Simple as. <laughs> yeah, and the way they're playing at the moment, they can't even beat Bolton. You know, <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but that, you know, that, they're, they're so-called best players. Yeah, <laughs> their so-called best player is that, you know, is uh, Jordan Henderson on 80-odd thousand quid a week. And he should be arrested, their chairman, for bringing a game into distribute. <laughs> um, <laughs> it got me into a lot of trouble on Twitter that did last week saying that. Oh, but well. <laughs> well, but um, yeah, lift what home for me. It'd be good. Hashtag gel. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com there we go. <laughs> that's, uh, go on, Patrick. I, I, uh, Chris, um, we don't have Liverpool yet. They've been played Bolton. That's not fair. He doesn't know anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. That's not he fair. Ha- he only nearly knows. <laughs> exactly. 
I was going to say exactly the same thing, Patrick. They're, they're <laughs> thinking alike tonight, aren't we? Uh, great minds, Nick. Great minds. Yeah. It means we can set one of you. That's a joke. <laughs> I would never do that. Uh, anyway, we're in the, obviously in the middle of the review there. I object to having to stop for that, but I, you know, I do what I'm told these days by the... There's two producers today. It's just offensive. Anyway, let's have a little... Uh, we had a little chat about the goal, goal conceded. What about our response to going behind? I, I, was, it was, I thought it was really encouraging. And again, we'll, we'll talk about the turning point in our attacking play probably being Schmack coming off in a bit. But um, we, you know, we went straight back on the attack. And you always thought... I'd have been saying I think it's going to cost us eventually that we're going to have to keep coming back from behind all the time. But this time, we, we just went straight up the other end and just put pressure on. And, oh, Gale's, Gale's attempt. I mean, not only was it a really good attempt to sort of flick the ball into the net, but, oh, it's just so ridiculously close to going in. Incredibly frustrating. Um, but, I, 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 you know, why, why is... Oh, God, I can hear weird noises. Uh, go on, what do, you, what do you think, Alex? Why does it take the, the conceding... Um, of a goal to kick us into life. I think, do you know what, it, it really surprises me because under the last regime, and I know that you lot got a bit agitated because I did slate the, the regime pretty harshly last time, but whenever we conceded a goal under the last regime, even under Pulis, we seemed to get deeper. We seemed to be sort of more negative and it really, really affected us. And it's just completely changed within the space of a week. It was, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. The, it was concentration, wasn't it, early, that early on? Um, it was it was poor. It was very poor goal to concede, but I, I don't honestly know why. But for me yesterday, I felt the game for the first time felt like we were in a transitional period for the first time. We had 54% possession. That's the most we've had probably ever in the Premier League, really, since we've been up. And 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 we just did something. We we were very different, and it looked like we were trying to do different things. So I'm not I'm not that disappointed with the result. A lot of people came out and said it was tough, but I'm I'm not too disappointed with the way we played. I thought we created a lot mm. of chances. Yeah, I, I, yeah, totally, totally agree. But I mean, it just became as the game went on, we looked more and more bereft of ideas. I felt, um, and it's not, it's not it's our fault. I, I went, I was on. Um, it sounds like I'm name dropping again, but I was on Absolute Radio after the game talking about it, and I said the same. Said this, said this on there, and it was that we we went to break at one point in the second half. Um, Everton were on the attack. We got hold of the ball, and I looked looked for us, you know, to break. And as I sort of turned my head, I just looked back, and Everton already had six players back. They had the whole back four sitting there, which you never get with Everton. You're always one of Coleman or Baines is pushing up. But you had the whole back four and two of the midfield just sitting as a screen in front of them, just saying, come on, come and attack us. Um, and I thought that was, I think that actually puts our response, which was a very positive one, very creative one, actually puts it into perspective. We actually did really well to, to create the chances we did. Well, they've probably changed they, you know, that was probably different to what Pardew was expecting. I think that's a massive thing that we did look lost for ideas. Maybe Pardew was expecting a, a very different Everton side. They're getting back to basics, pretty much doing what we tried to do last year, sort of on a on a smaller scale. But that Gale chance there, doesn't that show that that he should be playing down the middle? I don't know if we're going to come to this later on, but <coughs> hey, he's on the six yard box there, isn't he? And mm. and he nearly sticks one away rather than playing out on the left mm. wing. No, let's talk about it now. But I mean, if you're saying does does Gale come play down the middle, but who plays with him or behind him to to give him? Because clearly, I, I think he's demonstrated he can't play that role on his own, um, and I think that's the problem. He's looked decent when he's had Murray near him, but we can't seem to do that for. A, you know, for ninety minutes, you've got obviously got Sonogo in there, and you've got Shamak when he's um, when he's fit as well. It just, it, I don't know. It becomes it's it's very difficult to think 
how he can fit him in other than this role that he's got on the left where he's getting chances. It's the hardest debate, isn't it? Because you can't play him with Shamak because Shamak plays too deep for him. So he can't play. He needs someone close to him that play. You know, he's on the shoulder. He's a nine. So that means you have to play Murray. But a lot of people say, well, you know, Murray doesn't have the pace. He's not a Premier League player. So that kind of forces him out wide because you have to play Shamak then. It's just, it's so tricky. But for me, you, you change your team around your around your goal score, around a person that's going to win the points for you. And I believe you give Dwight Gale a chance and he'll score a goal. He's got the best conversion rate in the Premier League, 50%, one in two. I just believe you build your team around your centre forward, the person that's going to create your chances and, and, and score your goals. But it's so tough. You could sit here all day and, and debate it because there's not one way that it sort of makes sense with him him playing up front. And that's where you kind of feel for him. We've got um, got some reaction to the, to the topic in in the chat room, Nick. Yeah, a Santi Eagle, new name in there. This is on wholeradio.net slash chat. Um, he says that Chami needs to play in that position because he hustles and troubles midfielders and defenders. And I can see that point. Uh, Gail, although he does, he's... Shamak, he's like an engine, isn't he? He's, he's like the, the heart of everything that's going on when we're going forward. He's, things were happening with him it's just until that moment he went off. And I think perhaps uh, Murray should have come on instead of much. Um, yeah. And then move Gail into the centre because, you know... I think Zaha should have come on. Legs. Yeah. And perhaps move Sonogo out on the leg left because he's quite leggy and quick mm. who knows well, let's talk about Salongo in a minute Alex you said the exact same thing I thought I thought we were going to do a little bit like we did against Southampton get punched in the central area bring Wilf on um, and I, I think that would have been a much better call myself I noticed a fair few people on the message boards doing that It's um, or even yeah. Gale into that central area or even Gale into that central area up with Sonogo. But I think the thing he brought much on um, that I think he felt we were being overrun in midfield at times and I think much you know, is a, is a is a more natural number ten. You know, he will get back and he'll sit in and I think that was the thinking behind it. But you know, in hindsight, that substitution really didn't work at all, did it? I didn't think much of it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, don't impress me much. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Nick. Well done. Yeah, I had to get brilliant. it in first. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You say first, yeah, but I mean, it's essentially the entire crowd has already made that joke repeatedly to each other. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should. It wasn't, wasn't funny the first time either, really. No, it really wasn't. I, I <laughs> felt bad when I said it. Frankly, Nick, you're just, you just, just. How many, how many times have they said it? Too much times. Oh, I'll leave it God. at that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That actually made me laugh that time. Um, Making look, this hole much bigger. Stop it immediately. Look, I just going back to the whole, the, what we just been talking about. I do think it, it's, it shows you how far we've come when a team like Everton have to come to sell us and play to stop us playing. Um, and we gave them the opportunity to do that by conceding a really easy goal but it really it, it, as much as it's annoying because we didn't get any points it's almost a compliment to us and the problem I think like let's I mean we've, we've effectively started talking about it the Jordan much coming on I, I, I did feel it was the wrong replacement for exactly the same reasons that, that Alex and Nick were saying but the, I, I, there's been an absolute slating of Jordan much on the message boards writing oh, him off, off, to, off to so one wrong. match it's it's oh. insane, isn't it? Oh, apparently he's a, he's strolling around. He doesn't look fit. He, apparently, one of the things you can criticise him for is he looks much older than twenty three. Um, and, <laughs> and I just honestly, I'm just forced to. It might be that it doesn't work out as a signing. It might be that you know he doesn't settle at Palace. It might be, but you do not make that decision after one game where he's been thrown in against with a but bunch Chris, of teammates. He doesn't after, know after two days of training. Yeah, two days of training. Yeah, yeah. as a 
got to play. He's got our first team football to get match fit in the first place. But right. um, go on, Zong Patrick. You want to? But but Chris, the thing is, that's what we do here because I remember when Jednak signed. How how did how much did he get slated? And now he's a hero. And about Glenn Murray when he came around, they said he was too lazy, etc. So Palace fans have a really bad habit of doing that. I mean, they're doing it with Sonogo also a little bit. So I'm not really surprised, but it's disappointing. So just to get into much really. I listened to the interviews after the game, and he uh, much had was interviewed on. Uh, I guess it was uh, Palace TV or whatever. And he said that um, Poddy said to him, go on and express yourself and play with energy. And even Poddy said after the match, that's not the Jordan much that I know. He said he just, he obviously is not match fit. I want him to provide energy to the team, much I guess like MacArthur does. And he just wasn't, he just didn't yeah. do it. But yeah. to say that after, you know, 65 minutes or whatever, it's ridiculous to say the, the kid's lazy or he's this or the other. Uh, there's a lot of good qualities that he has. And I think he'll bring it to the team. It might have been a wrong sub yesterday, you know, Managers make mistakes. I chalk it up to that. But to Taylor play is not any good after one game is absolutely totally ridiculous. Yeah, look, there's a totally valid. I say criticism, but there's a totally just you can make you can just make a point without necessarily being critical. You can say exactly. That, um, Barney, I think, has gone into a wind tunnel there. But um, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but no, but you, you can say when he came on in Shamak's role, he didn't play the role. You know, he dropped too deep. Um, you know, he was clearly unsure of, of his the teammates' movement, so quite often played a simple pass, and and right. again didn't maybe didn't didn't play with the energy that's required of the the position. But at the same time, he looked very two footed, and yep. he made a pretty good. You know, he he, he kept us solid. You know, he, he did, attacking wise, he didn't offer enough. Granted, I'll give you that, but you cannot write a player off now. And, and you mentioned Sonogo, and funny enough, I might, I'm not going to write him <laughs> off, but I've got some criticism later on that I'll talk about. But right. I think Jordan, Jordan Much, I think there was too there was too many things that went against him there. Not enough time with his teammates, not match fit, brought on, um, you know, unexpectedly because of an injury and. Essentially, I feel it was possibly a party mistake there. I think it was the wrong person to bring on. But you know, it's not like it's not like it was a catastrophe. Exactly. You know? But there we go. I don't know. Any any further views on on Jordan March before I move that one on? Um, anyone sort of, you know, can can we see why we signed him? Can you see why we signed him, Nick? He, he no, did, Barney. Did. I'll tell. I'll go on Nick. I said Nick first. Go on. Um, I didn't. I didn't. He didn't stand out for me. He, he did a job in very difficult conditions. You know, how did he go into a team and? And fit in after only being at club for one one or two days. And, and to be perfectly honest, I haven't got a clue what it was like at Cardiff because uh, I don't really watch them. I only focus on Palace. So um, it was hard for him. I, I wouldn't have bought him on. No. At all. But he did, last year on. he was excellent in the Premier League, wasn't he, at, at Cardiff? He scored mm. sort of eight, I think it was eight or nine goals. The year that Cardiff went up and got promoted, he was he was good to, to be the next Frank Lampard when he was at Birmingham. Obviously, that's a, that's, that's a long shot. But still, you know, there's always been that thing about him. He's, he's clearly a very talented player. Um, mm. But it's now about us giving him game time in the right position, not left wing where he was playing at QPR. Mm. Um, and he, he's clearly got potential. I, I just can't see why anyone would make a, make a judgment now. Cause if we made judgments, like like Patrick said, Jednak would have been gone after two games. Well, you've got you've got to work out as well that he's, he's, he played so well for Cardiff because he'd been playing with the team for a while and, you know, knew what the team was all well, about. He's, he's not going to come in and know Palace inside out straight away, is he? He stood out in a very, very poor side. Yeah. Uh, go on, Barney, quick. Go on, let's get no, involved. I, I was just going to say, really, about much. I have to admit, I, I think, you know... Was he poor? I don't know. I just think maybe the game, well, maybe the game got the better of him a little bit, and again, overwhelming. I mean, and also remember that QPR, where he's come from, is a very different club to Crystal Palace. I don't think you've got too many players at QPR with great attitudes. I can't imagine he's sort of had his confidence boosted from, from his time there. So, yeah. 
you know, I think coming into a team like Palace where you've really got got to get yourself up, you know, the fans are totally different. Um, it might have it might have got the better of him, and it might just take a little bit of time and possibly a little bit of love from the club because I don't think he's probably got that in the last six months or so from QPR. That's a very good point about confidence, Patrick. You're bringing and, in on yeah. That. The only thing is that I actually wondered about the signing myself, and then someone mentioned to me that we only only have a couple of you know central midfielders, those being MacArthur and Ed Ledley. And I know Ledley's been carrying a bit of an injury of late, and of course MacArthur could have you know he had an injury before, so he's really good cover. So I don't see it as a bad signing at all. Plus he's 24 years old, which is or 23 actually. So he's a young player. If we develop him. Obviously, he's got some sell-on value at the end, so I don't really see it as being a, a bad move, again, just to have him as a cover for our central midfielders. So I like the move, and I think, again, just give him some more time. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And we, we, funny enough, um, what's it? well, it's Colin Squires on uh, Twitter has said that um, he thinks it's so unfair on Matt, you can clearly see he's not match fit. And following on from that, um, Matt, uh, the farm banker on Twitter, has said um, much is unfit, but give him time in the reserves and then we'll judge. And I can... I can I can understand that, but at the same time, I, this is the problem I have with the oh, reserves, if you like. The under-21 version of the reserves just doesn't, you know, I, again, we, I suppose they probably play relatively regularly. It just doesn't seem like reserve football anymore for me. Um, you almost like the fringe players don't seem to get many more games at all. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> we try, it seems better to try and loan people out, but there's only so many t- clubs that will take players on loan, and that's not how you're not going to buy Jordan much and then loan him out for match fitness are you so realistically for me he's going to be have to work really really hard in training to get into you know in, into as, the better shape as he can and oh, I don't know I totally see why we've got him because who scores from our midfield on a regular basis um, you know the central midfield areas and we've talked about this before if you're going to get Wilf on, a, on one wing or Blassie on the other wing or Punch on the wing and we're talking about getting deliveries into the box. When you're delivering to one player in the box, you're not really going to score unless you've got a cross absolutely spot on. So we need to get more bodies in there. And he's a good size, isn't he? As well, you know, he's he's an aerial threat as well as a you know, well as a two footed player who can hit a good long shot. So everything about it says sensible decision to sign him. But you know, he, he's got an awful lot of work to do. There are um, lots of things going on that people are telling us about I just want to break away and say um, a lot of people saying that apparently Dougie's been appointed as Nottingham Forest manager yes. interesting oh, it is confirmed. confirmed yes very interesting appointment there I'll say I know I know uh, Dougie and, and Steve Parrish patched up their differences and you know they, they liked him as a player there didn't they Forrest um, did they yeah my, um, I, I know my yeah, Forrest supporting mates said um <laughs> Uh, it was it was respected in his time. He went up there yeah. alone, didn't he? While he was it was yeah, it was Wolves where he had a nightmare, wasn't it? You're right. Yeah. He did he did okay. He went up there with uh, Harry Bassett, didn't he? At, um, Forest. And, there's, um, a no, yeah. there's a name for the where are they now fired, isn't it? Harry Bassett, yeah. definitely old school. Yeah. Is it Dave um, Bassett? It is, yeah. But if Harry's a different name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we all know about people with different names, Patrick. So don't don't <laughs> like that fire. All right, sorry um, about that. And apparently, John the Pro, uh, hashtag John the Program Seller knows. New one there. Um, <laughs> uh, has heard his quite reliable Facebook page has said that uh, Zaha's sort of close or signed or um, according to Goal dot com we've signed him and according to Corden advertisements very very soon and it's yeah, going to um, free up some loanies and I thought it'd be nice to link to say about our show tomorrow. We've got a show tomorrow. 
transfer we, window? We, we have indeed, just saying, in a really high voice. Yep. I don't um, know. I'm excited about it. Get the cowbells yeah. out. We have. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna plug it at the end, but I'll plug it now. We are, we're starting a little bit later in 9 p.m. because we uh, rather than 8 p.m. Mainly so I don't have to do three and a half hours of live radio. I want oh, to kill myself at the end. I know. Oh, it's just see how see how insane Chris goes by the end of three and a half hours. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we're going to start at 9pm. Um, Steve Parrish has said he'll, he'll join us, um, schedule permitting. Um, I'm sure I'm sure he will. He usually does. He's great like that. Um, so we'll have a chat with him about how things are going. So hopefully there'll be official announcement, announcements on Wilf. And, you know, who knows? Uh, Alan Pardew was, was suggesting that they'll, have a, they'll keep an eye on the market and see what happens. You always think that last day, anything can really happen. You, you can get a lot of, you can get sudden outgoing that opens up a space for someone uh, and you can complete a deal. I'm sure there's a lot of, things lined up as potentials depending on a number of factors and I think after that game maybe people are still thinking uh, there may be a striker to come in um, but yeah Lions, very exciting um, times cool. Lions has asked us um, in the chat room if we can have Hambo and Nick outside the training ground <laughs> it'd be good <laughs> well, Sky we'll get, um, doing it. Yeah, we'll get Bill to come down with his sparklers and we'll run away <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it um, yeah yeah, I don't think we can arrange. Oh, I've got work. Otherwise, we could arrange something, Nick. You know, it's a yeah. shame, isn't it? We'll plan plan it for another time. If uh, Sky going to stay away from the training ground forever, we'll do our next transfer window show by video from the training ground. It'd be good, wouldn't it? There's an idea. Brilliant, <laughs> Patrick. You might not make it. I'll fly over. All right, sweet. There you go. Verbal contract. He now has to fly over. <laughs> All right, look, let's get back into into the match. Uh, we've talked about, obviously, Shamat going off. Uh, broken nose quite clearly, um, so can't really blame him. But good news is that uh, Pardew thinks he'll be back for Leicester. Um, funny enough, talking of Pardew, he also mentioned that you know resu- results went our way. So as much as it could have been a really good win for us, we would have looked very, very comfortable, wouldn't we? Um, as it turns out, we're still left in a pretty good position. So perhaps the um, it's a little frustrating we didn't win it, but... But actually, the damage hasn't really been done, so we can we can go to Leicester and look at a win there as a you know a potential win there as a really big positive. Um, I want to talk to you guys about Kelly uh, at left back. Um, clearly, we've signed Papa Suarez for a reason to play a natural left back in that position, uh, and he got a bit of stick at the game yesterday, and I can I can understand why he seems to sort of slip over quite a lot, having these longer studs. But um, but also, it's not clearly not his natural position. Um, first of all. <sighs> Do we think he's going to end up as a centre back? Um, a lot of people saying it. We've said it ourselves a few times, but you know he's been he's played probably played more as a right back for us in Liverpool than as a centre back. But he does seem to have the attributes for a centre back, doesn't he, Alex? I think so. I've said it all along that I think the the long term plan is for two scouse lads playing at centre half for us, Martin Kelly and Scott Dan. Um, he's tipped to be uh, the next Jamie Carragher I, I've, been, I've done loads of those haven't I today tipped to be but he was, <laughs> it was um, but the Liverpool fans said the next Jamie Carragher and things like that I think he's naturally sent half you can see by his build you can see by the way he is on the ball and I think long term definitely I don't think Alan Pardew will be in any rush to, to chop and change his centre-half partnership. If you can get Delaney and Dan playing together for, for 30 games a season, that, that can be vital for you because that consistency is essential, like we said earlier, about changing the team. I just don't think you do that. But I think long-term, Martin Kelly's a centre-half for Crystal Palace. Mm. So do you think um, Soiree to come in as soon as possible, though? As in, I, I, I don't... I've always said that 
we have to play Joel Ward right back, and if that means playing Kelly left back, it means playing Kelly left back. I thought he was all right actually yesterday. I don't think I thought it was actually one of his better games. I know people have said it's sort of it was a bit of a bit of a donkey yesterday, but I, I thought he was good. I thought he was all right. Um, but obviously, if you have a, a left left footed player playing left back. That, that you have to go with it, don't you? Those times that Kelly cuts in on his right or is crossing with his left, it just it's just unnatural. If you can get a left back that's better better than him there, then then he has to play there, doesn't he? We did put one off decent crossing where he's left for the created a chance. I think he ended up at Schumacher's feet in the end, mm. uh, where he did that little dummy dummy with his right and shot with his left. Stones blocked it, but no, I know what you mean. It, it is it just it just seems natural, doesn't it, to have a, a left footed left back? As Jill often reminds us, Patrick. I'm going to be controversial here and say that um, I don't think he's a left. Uh, I don't think he's a centre back. I think he's a right back. Um, I like the way he's played right back when he when he has played there when Waters on the left side. And um, again, the slipping problem yesterday, I've noticed that quite a bit. When he played right back, he made a couple of really nice crosses right foot, especially to get the, the Everton game when um, Campbell scored. I also think that we're, we're going to be looking for a centre back because I don't think one of them can play much more back there. I'm having a real problem with Damien Delaney playing back there. Not just yesterday. I'm not going to just pick on just one match, but I just think in general, when he plays against very quick, uh, strong uh, centre-backs, he looks really bad. Um, so I think that we're going to be looking for a central uh, defender. Maybe in, maybe tomorrow somebody might sneak in, but I think we definitely need to start looking at uh, someone to pair up with Dan because I'm, th- I'm thinking that we're struggling very much in the centre-back position. Uh, well, I need to make a to change. be fair, Patrick, Martin yeah. Kelly says himself he's a centre half. Does he? Okay, and that's yeah. fine. I've never, I've never heard that before. No, me neither. No, I mean, match, match day program a couple of weeks ago. They said, okay. sort of, "What's your, what's your long term?" And he said, "Yeah, centre half." Then oh, brilliant. Potentially that could be it then, but I definitely think we have to look at that centre back position and look for a change. Me personally. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, Delaney's been brilliant this season, but I mean, yeah. yes, yesterday, yesterday he had a bit of a shocker. Uh, by his standards, um, but I still like the fact that Damien's really comfortable on the ball. Uh, as it's got down, I, I like the way that those two play at the moment. I would be in a hurry to change it, but right. at, the, at the same time, you've got to be prepared for for poor form, and you've got to be prepared to re- replace someone if they need replacing. Nick, exactly. The, the Palace Palace kind of went back to their old style. I've I've always yeah. all my years of supporting Palace, there have been moments of brilliance followed by something so crap. You just hold your head in your hands <laughs> and there were about nine or ten moments like that where a player turned another player or or, or got the ball through sheer skill and then did the worst pass ever and, and it's it's so it's always been like that at Palace you see absolutely unbelievable things that you never see any other players do and uh, then they just hoof the ball away it's, yeah. it's so so frustrating I we know more of that yesterday than, than we have for weeks and mm. what really makes it frustrating is we we built up ourselves up a bit I don't know five wins on the trot but yesterday was the first time in a long time I've genuinely been kind of oh right I'm going to Palace because be fair you get a season ticket it, it's it's part of your routine isn't it it's, yeah. you know to, to be excited about going to a game is well I don't know maybe because I'm an old git and you know <laughs> more important things in life but do you know what I mean yesterday was the first time I've been really cranked up for one uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah no I do know exactly what you, what you mean yeah um, I, I wouldn't say I don't get excited about going to see Palace with a season to, but it, you're right it is, it's part of your routine and to a degree you almost take it for granted um, and yeah, like you say, we've been in such good form and particularly attacking. It's been it's been entertaining no matter what's happened. Okay, winning the game makes uh, makes a big difference, but generally speaking, we've just played nice football as well. Uh, and there was a lot of that yesterday. We're going to keep reminding yeah, ourselves. Was. There was, there really was a lot of it. But unfortunately, the frustration actually 
kind of hid a bit of that, didn't it? Um, and and like like Patrick mentioned earlier, it was very similar to Villa in the sense that you were looking, you were watching the game, and you're like, I, I just after half time, I was thinking it's been five minutes of the second half, and I just thought we're not, nothing's falling for us, the ball's not dropping for us, you know, when it deflects off someone, it seems to go away from all of our players, you know, when, when, the, when Everton make a mistake, it's, they seem to just get away with it, it never goes in a dangerous area, and we're just not creating, and I, and that, I almost knew, I knew it was a, you know, one nil defeat way before it, it actually finished, and that, that's quite hard to take, and I think that's what makes me, um, I, I felt know, we missed, a drive and impetus, that kind of Zaha or Balassi-esque run. I mean, Punction did it to a certain degree, but we just, we didn't have anybody yesterday. I thought if they got the ball, something's going to happen, and it has done the past few games. Yeah. And it's the same players on the pitch. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. You didn't feel like when we got the ball, anyone was just sort of going to pick up and drive and go and build that. You know, punching often does it, but sort of Balassi and Wilf bring that with pace. And at times, you know, I was screaming out, get it, get it, Baines and Coleman. Baines is- Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Had a, a poor season by his standards. We should be looking to to get him and get him behind. And that's just literally when Shamak went down straight away. I said, "This game's calling out for Wilf." Um, What's but- yeah, what Everton did really well though is they closed all the gaps. Um, mm. There was I was thinking we've got no movement, but I was looking and thinking actually, you know, where can the forwards move? You know, it was Snow- like us last year. Yeah, teams exactly. would come up against us and you'd think like they'd stand with the ball and every player would stand on the edge of in our half with his hands mm. out going where am I going to pass to there's no one to pass to it was that yeah. wasn't it that it, it was. the opposite of what we saw yeah uh, and when Wilf did come on the pitch he, he did change it slightly uh, because he went he got the ball to, to feet and he just started running at people and it does it forces people out of position and it changes things but what what Everton again did well is they cut the supply off to Wilf and they isolated him out on the flank and I think sometimes, and I know you, it's a team game, and and you know there's you know eleven men on the pitch, blah 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 blah. But sometimes when it, when Wilf's on the pitch, especially, and when he's in form, you have to get the ball to him. No matter, you have to almost change the way you're playing to get the ball to him. And that you're not going to break when you when you're looking at Everton like they were yesterday, and you're thinking we're not going to break this lot down. You know that's that's how you do it. He's the guy who can do it. Um, and I was I was frustrated seeing Wilf not get the ball basically. Um, uh, cool. I mean, Patrick, you mentioned a couple of things. Actually, no, go on, Barney, jump in now. No, um, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, Chris. I think to me, um, there was a, there was a moment, sort of. I think it was what was it six, about sixty five minutes uh, into the game that Saha came on, mm. and he came on, and when the when the first two minutes, 
um, I saw him run down, and he came towards the, the bottom of the bottom of the homestel, and I think it was um, Mirias that he, he he beat on the corner, and he just went straight straight past him. And as soon as that happened, Martinez made a substitution straight away. And I think it was um, oh god, I can't remember off the top of my head now. It was um, Overdino maybe who came on the, on the I think it was it was literally about yeah, three Oviedo. or four minutes. That's it. Yeah, he came on right. about three. He came on about four four or five minutes after. I thought you've absolutely nailed it, Martinez. What you've done mm. is you've seen then that guy's going to get beaten. You know his confidence to knock straight away, and Martinez effectively nipped that in the bud and said, "Right, I'm going to shore that. I'm going to shore that flank up now." And I almost think that was where we were a little bit weak yesterday because after, and I don't want to go back to Delaney, but after that happened with Delaney, again there was a few times that it, it, there was he was sort of just lap, lapsed in that concentration. The confidence had gone down, and it was almost like. It should have possibly happened where they would have just switched, maybe put Dan on Lukaku instead, and and it just held him because because Delaney just that confidence just went, and I think to me that summed up the game very well is that we were just tactically maybe half a pace behind Everton slightly. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point. Yeah, we we were, but that's you know, that's the beauty of the early goal, isn't it? You have they they get to be decisive, we have to be reactive and. You know, it was it was difficult for us, and ultimately, as as we mentioned at the start of the show, going a goal behind it cost us this time. But what I will um, say, just quickly, sorry, Chris, I will say is that when when Zaha came on, the crowd. To, I mean, I have to admit, it did feel. A, I don't know, I don't know who was there yesterday out of all of mm. us, but um, I kind of felt that it was. It, I, I don't know. It just seemed a bit bit quiet yesterday at, at the ground, and I thought when Zaha came on because they were singing his name about two or three minutes beforehand, and I thought, all right, here we go, we're off. And then again, it's like they just—it's like the Everton sort of backroom staff knew that the crowd just—they couldn't get the Palace crowd behind the home team because then it would change. And so they just sort of again—they nipped it in the bud and went right. Let's just let's just cut that back. Let's keep them quiet because I tell you what—if they get behind them, then we could, we we've got a game on here. And they just sort of just sat back and just you know let it—I don't know—just let the game just sort of peter out a little bit, which yeah. I think is is really what happened afterwards. No, it's true. And then, uh, go on, Patrick. Go on. Yeah, uh, Barney, you make a very good point. Um, actually, after the match, uh, Pardue said there's no quality moment during the match to get the fans into the game. And you can kind of tell by watching the fans were very, very quiet yesterday. And just regarding Everton in general, Martinez is very smart. He wanted that win very, very badly. And you can tell, by the way, he's changed the formation as far as having not having Coleman and Baines push up as much. So he wanted to, you know, the way they dropped off really negate what we wanted to do. Another thing was with Zaha... Um, I thought that Baines looked like he was injured at some point. He was not moving well after the first half. There was either a collision or something happened to him. And I thought having him on uh, for Shemak would have really put pressure on Everton. And again, mm. like Abani said, having Oviedo come on, they definitely saw something on, that, on, that, on their left-hand side, our right-hand side, which is why they made that change. Because I think if we'd had Wolf on earlier to go up Baines, we definitely could have scored a goal yesterday. Yeah, I think that's right. And going, going back to the crowd as well, um, I think... I think yesterday showed that there's a little bit of a fragility about the cr- the crowd's confidence. Um, I think, like Nick said, everyone was really up for the game because um, we'd won four in the bounce, and everyone was thinking, "Where well, Everton are struggling, it's at Sellers Park. It's a sellout. Everyone's up for this. It's gonna. We're gonna walk in. We're gonna sing our hearts out, and it's just gonna happen for us." And when we concede so early on, it, it was just such a knock. I mean, the HF, you know, give them credit where it's due. It's absolutely brilliant. They kept going all game. Um, but and and we you know we were singing up the back of the R for as much as we could, but 
generally speaking, the crowd went flat very, very quickly. And and there were times in the game where it was uh, it was totally silent. Um, you know, just just little moments like that. And that's <clears throat> I mean that's rare for us in a way. And uh, again, I don't think it's anything worth criticising the crowd about. I just think. Um, it just shows that we're not quite there yet, and I, I really hope that that's not a sign of things to come for us. I think, you know, sometimes you got to remember that you're not going to. I mean, like I say, we, we, the best thing was when we conceded is that we were in the middle of starting Alan Pardew's Red Blue Army, and it just carried on through it. I love it when we do that. Absolutely no reaction to the goal, just carry on with what you're doing. That's great, but yeah, it, it was. I say fragility for me, fragile confidence in the crowd, Nick. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it, when the away team score? Because I'm in the opposite corner to to the away fans. There's always a kind of silence and delay before you hear the uh, opposing fans uh, cheer, which is a bit weird. Uh, and I completely forgot what I was going to say. Otherwise, then sorry. I was, talk- I, was, I was talking about the crowd. Does that help? The oh. crowd, yeah, uh, yeah. I was walking out and I heard four or five people having a conversation about, well, what's the crack catchment area of Crystal Palace then? And you're thinking, well, what are you doing at our ground? <laughs> at the end of the home end? You know, that's why we're bloody quiet because we've got great. all these tourists. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bemoaning I'll, them. Not bemoaning look, it. It's funny to the club, and yeah. hopefully they'll keep coming every week. Yeah, but, like I said before that you want to you want to hope that those people get educated as well in that they don't just turn up and think you know. I mean, I, sorry, Chris, just, just to come in, I, I just I get the when I where I sit, I've got a couple of. Um, I've got a couple of, you know, people who think they know it all and actually then they bugger all about what they're going on about. And I kind of think, is, has it gone so well for for however long now that we're just expecting so much? Or, or, are we sort of being blind to how far the club has come and how far and how well the players are doing on the pitch? And I'm, I'm just, I, there is a part of me that sits there and just thinks, hang on a minute, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not bloody Arsenal or Man no, City, no. you know. We, we, and we, we're there slating every. Sometimes we're there slating every single ball and whatnot. And I'm just, you know, I do turn around to these people and just go, just give it a rest, would you? Because you're just talking <laughs> yeah. a load of. Well, I won't say what they're talking on on radio, yeah. but th- I, th- I get a sense of that. I don't. I just. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know it's not happened yet, but I'm just sensing. I don't want it to happen that there might just be a little bit of a slip of that camaraderie. You know, we're all in it together. We keep going. And I've also noticed people getting up before the end of the game, which really bugs me. Yeah. Because that, no, we're not, we're not, that, we're not about that. We stay for the no, end. But, but I mean, that's the, tr- the, the brutal, tr- brutal honesty on this truth of it is that we have what is called a floating support of about, well, realistically about 10,000. I hope it's a bit less than that actually, because I, a lot of those have had a couple of years in the Premier League with Palace and are sort of bought into the, the way we do things. But there are, there are people like that. And the truth is they won't do too much damage because they'll be gone. Um, if things don't go well, they just, they'll just stop coming. Um, you know, they won't get their season tickets renewed and they, you know, and and all that sort of stuff. They're the, they're the people who, who aren't, who are there just to see a, a team win. But the trouble is the, the better we do, the more that this is going to happen, um, and you you can't really fight it. And all you can do is have as many Palace fans doing what Palace fans do as possible, and hope that these people follow suit. I mean, there there are people up at, at the back of Block W who very very quickly forget about supporting the team and just turn on abusing, you know, the opposition fans and then abusing each other and then abusing the players, and they do that very very quickly if they're not cheering a goal going in. And and I don't. That's not how. Football is for me, but that's that's the thing about football. It's it's for lots of different types of people. Um, well, I think I, I think we should all start a campaign that if you see someone get up five minutes before the end, you say no, you sit down, wait till the I, end. I, I I see it in the alpha. So I actually can't blame people in the alpha. I, 
I was laughing my head off at half time yesterday because you're just watching people going out and there's such a lack of space in the half away because it's now full every game uh, and <laughs> there's no space on the concourse there's no space on between the stairs for people to go out to the concourse and everyone's walking but they're all walking sideways and waddling like a huddle of penguins <laughs> it, and I was just sitting there and I, was, I can't remember who pointed it out to me they look like penguins now but I, it was brilliant it's just so funny to watch it's just my mate Stefan said they all look like penguins and, but anyway that's a little bit of a diversion for me to talk about penguins but that's the, that's the point it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really strange situation we find ourselves in from where we've been in that we now have a ground that doesn't really have enough space for the, the number of people that want to be in it um look it's a great problem to have considering the problems we used to have isn't it you think the problems we used to have is we couldn't get enough people through the, the door uh we didn't have you know enough money to potentially exist <laughs> those are all real problems i used to, I used to come exactly. to football for a lie down no, this um, again. Let's. I think it's, you can you can overstate this, and you know we've still got an awful lot going going on in our fan base that that doesn't get the respect it deserves. And I'll go back to the HF again. They had their meeting with uh, Peter. Uh, is it no? Who's Scudamore? Richard. 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 Peter Scudamore was a show jumper. Ignore that. It was Richard Scudamore, <laughs> um, and he, uh, yeah, and and various other people in the Premier League about trying to get some sort of subsidy for ticket prices to make it more affordable for the. You know, for the regular fans, because we're forgetting that there's a degree of our support that can't go anymore. You know, and and those are, and we we're talking about people who who went every week, sang their hearts out, and you know, and spent a huge proportion of their personal income on just being a supporter, and they can't go anymore. And I think it's great that we've got a group that's prepared to go out there and, and get their voices heard. And the more that that, the better. And football for supporters federation as well. Get in touch with them if if you know it's something you feel passionate about. I think we've all got a responsibility there. So. A um, little bit of a diversion. Um, I've just noticed uh, a thing about, I was mentioning about the Arthur Wait there, Nick, in the chat room. JDog3 in wholeradio.net slash chat said the AW is a pain in the ass to get into, get out of, or have a pee in. He has a point, that hambo. <laughs> it's absolutely, yeah, it really is. I, you know, if you go to the toilet before you go in the ground, don't bother eating or drinking anything. That's that's the only way for the Arthur Wait at the moment because it is horrendous. Um, like I say, it's, it's great to see in a way, but oh, it's. I wouldn't even dare leave my seat at halftime. It's just pointless. You've um, that nice writing on the wall in there now. Doesn't that make it better? It does. It's, and do you know what? It's really nice. It's, 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 it's exactly... I just love the style of it. I, love, I just love... It's, it's great. It's great in there. Just not big enough. Um, but there we go. I mean, that was, that was a little little diversion from the, the regular game chat. So uh, I want to talk about Yaya Sonogo, please. Um, let, me, let me start this one off and you can... Uh, slag me off if need be. Uh, I, I don't, again, you don't judge a player too much early on. Um, at the moment, I'm going to say this, I don't think he's what we need. Uh, and I don't feel that he works hard enough. Um, those are my two criticisms. I don't feel he's the type of striker we need. I don't think he works hard enough. What I will say is when, you, when we played Southampton and he had space up top and he had uh, Shamak with him, he looked, he looked a good player. He looked a real danger. Uh, but even then, after an hour, stopped running. And I was a little bit, I mean, Joe and, uh, and producer Tom will back me up because I was at the game with them. That I, I said straight away after an hour, need to get him off because he's just not running. Um, there's talent there, but for me, he's not currently a Premier League striker, in my view. Uh, who wants to wants to take me on on that then? Anyone? I will. He's Calvin Andrew, Sonogo, in the chat room. Sonogo, according to J-Dog, you mean? Yes. And... Um, <laughs> 
According to Lions, he said um, he wants to see him have a couple more games. I'm not. I'm not writing him off at all. Uh, go on, Patrick. Go on. You're, you're right. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that's me too because um, I remember last year we had a striker up front who um, a lot of people slagged off. He didn't score a lot of goals, but he ran. He ran a lot. You know, uh, Cameron Jerome. But I mean, I just want to see him play some more. Unfortunately, I didn't see the Southampton game, Chris. I, I can't really. I don't have no point of reference for that. But I thought he played pretty well in the first game against Burnley yesterday. I agree with you. Um, he didn't run a lot, but yesterday, honestly, I don't think we really provided him with a lot of service. And you know how it works in strikers: if you don't get service, you tend to not make certain runs and not do certain things. Not, so I'm not saying he shouldn't still run off the ball, yeah. etc. But I just think that um, I just I had written it down. This was, this is what his third his third match for us so far, and, he, and all three of my these come off from all three of them. He's, oh, did he off against Southampton? Did he played the whole game. No, he didn't. He's, no, he's, he's subbed subbed off in all, right in all three of them so far. So. Obviously, Pod, you might see what you're seeing, but again, I just give him a few more matches to see what we've got. I think he definitely got a talent up there, and he can definitely score goals. So, um, yeah, right Dweeb saying he was brilliant at Southampton. I, I we scored him Scumhampton quite accurately. No, totally, I totally agree. It was the, it was the right game for him. He had space to run into and to work with. Um, but again, like I say, he was great for 60 minutes, and then and then just stopped running. Uh, and the problem I had is we're, we're gonna we are Palace, and we're gonna be in games where you know we're not creating an awful lot for a long period of time, and when we when we get the, when we have to hit the ball up the pitch, we need someone who's going to put pressure on the defence. Otherwise, it's going to come straight back at us, and we're not we're not going to get any pos- sort of possession. And he's got to be he's got to understand he's not playing for Arsenal. You know, he's yeah. not playing for for a club that, has, has, you know, has got huge amounts of talent in every position. He's we need him. You know, we need our main striker to be putting pressure on the opposition defence all the time. You know, it's a hard thing to do, and and right. I don't think. And the worst thing is, it's not. I, I won't criticize someone for not doing something that I don't think they're capable of. I think he's more than capable of chasing down channels. And the other thing he didn't do enough for me was when we had the ball out wide. Is he he wasn't looking to get into a goal scoring position enough? Right. You know, and I, I, that thing that Jell always talks about about watching a player. I did it for I did it for a few minutes, and I just watched his movement in the box, and he was essentially happy to be marked and just to jog around. Um, he's got to really put some pressure on people. I honestly think that, and and you know, for me, for me, we still, unless Amiobi is a lot better than my perception of him currently is, we still need a striker in my view, uh, and that, that's where I am on it at the moment. Well, two things, Chris. I want to add. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, we have we have currently six strikers. We have Gail Murray, Sonogo, Campbell, Shamak, and Amiobi, and all of them have a different trace that they can bring to the game. So that's a good thing for us, and I think that's why we're not going to let you know Campbell go or let Murray go. I think. Um, what Potty wants to do is see, uh, depending on the game and the situation, uh, you know, who is he going to bring in. And secondly, I, I took a look yesterday at, at the Paddy's program, and we've scored um, 25 goals this season, and only seven of them have been in the six-yard box. So as a team, we don't get into the box enough uh, as a striker. So you, you make a very good point. It's something we've really got to work on more. We've got seven goals inside the six-yard six box, 15 inside, of, 15 inside of 18, and then three outside the box. So you're right. We've got to get, get, to get more you know, opportunities inside the six up box and put them away. To be fair, Sonogo had one chance which was unlucky that was cleared off the line, wasn't it? And then he had another yeah. one where the header, he probably should have done better yep. with the header. That, But, you You're know, right. he's getting in the right places there. He's getting in the right positions that are centre forward. And for a centre forward to get into those positions, I think you're born with that. I don't. I think that's a natural thing that you've either got or you haven't got is being in the right place at the right time. I think you can Great work point. on your finishing and, and, and doing that. But that, that header, for me... 
that's where you look to your centre forward, and that's the difference there. He's got a. I think he, I don't know. If, I haven't seen it back, but at the time it looked like he just jumped too early. I had Patrick. I don't know. You saw it on the TV, obviously. But, he did. He did. He left his feet too early. You're right on that one. So could do you, do you see in that? Do you think he should have scored that if he jumped a bit later? Was it was it too high? He, I think he would have scored it, but like you just said, he was in the right position. He just he just missed time the header. He did the same similar thing against Burnley. He missed time that one minute, which was cleared before the half time. So again, mm. he's getting in the right position. I think he'll be okay. I think he needs more playing time. I really do. Timing is all of everything for me, anyway. So. Person next to me, person next to me, turned around and went. Murray would have stuck that away, wouldn't he? Said, "Oh, you know me too well." Was well, that the mirror you were looking in, there, Alex? <laughs> um, Alex, Alex, what did you think of Murray's appearance off the bench? Difficult time to come on into the game, I think. Um, but uh, someone said to me that all they saw of Glenn Murray was him entering the pitch as a substitute, and then never didn't see him again till the end. Uh, what did you think of his um, his display? Like you said, they're so tough to get into the game, isn't it? At that point, and yeah, he he didn't really get a sniff. I don't think. I think it was every time he got the ball, he seemed he seemed to get tackled. Um, and he sort of he looked he looked like he lacked pace. But again, I think it's so hard to come in, and especially against a team like that, where they you said you said it earlier, they were so deep, they were so defensive at times that it didn't really allow him allow him you know play in to his strengths I think he needs someone close to him next to him like Gale um, it, it just wasn't an easy game for, for a player of Murray's Murray's ilk to come into he needs to be where you know they're coming at us and he's sort of holding the ball on the halfway line waiting for the cavalry That, in my opinion that's where you get the best out of Glenn Murray not when he's sort of got a get the ball turn and, and actually have a run with it when the less running on the ball he gets is, a, is, is the best for me mm. does it kind of put Sonogo's performance in a bit of perspective that Glenn also had no real impact on the match do you think uh, it, it's different though isn't it because Sonogo started the game and Sonogo, Sonogo's got pace I think he's tall and, and strong like Murray but he's got that bit of pace about him and he's and, and that that's a massive thing in the Premier League isn't it having that, that pace and that's what a lot of people say about Murray they say he won't make it this level because he's too slow I don't necessarily think that's, that's fair because you've got Ricky Lambert people like that they, they don't rely on their pace but I, I just don't think at that point Glenn could have come on and changed the game because of the way Everton was set up. I don't think it was his type of game. I think he's brilliant when you're chasing the game, um, when well, uh, when you're when you're leading. Sorry, I think he's brilliant in that position, um, but it just it, it just didn't really work that substitution. Either. I don't think any of the substitutions really pulled off yesterday. None of them changed the game in the way we'd like them to. Hmm. Okay, uh, Nick. Yeah, I still think that if when Murray came on, he should have come on for Shamak and then bought it. Dwight in the middle to play close to him because mm. they don't play well together. Whether Keith Millen's told Alan Pardew yeah, because obviously new new manager might not know this, but I'm sure sure the news would have got across. You know why didn't? Oh yeah. Why weren't they close together? Well, again, I, th- I think you've also got to look at the work that Gale did. There's actually a couple of things I didn't mention. I was going to talk about earlier on about Gale. That first of all is that he can cross with either foot, and his his crosses are direct and yeah, good. You know, and that's oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's I think there's a lot more to his game than perhaps many of us realised. Um, I think that that's one of the reasons he was left out wide. And, and I think, yeah. Um, also, the other thing that he did, do you see this? His throw. Okay, it went straight to the keeper. But do you see yeah, that long, long throw? It's got a long throw. I know, isn't that great? Yeah. Where did that you come know? from? <laughs> I have no idea. It was funny because he ran over. I'm like, where's he? Where's he running over to get the ball for? I'm like, wow, what a throw. Yeah, you're right. That's a new thing. So too bad Pudis yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> if only he'd known. If only he'd known. We never played the kids, so he wouldn't know, would he? Yeah, exactly. 
It's his own fault. Um, yeah, again, that's, that's the reason I think he was left out wide. But I agree, Murray and, and Gale work well together. But you know, we're, we're you know we should be all these players should be able to work well together, really. And, and I don't know, it's it's a tough one, really, um, in terms of the strike because it wasn't the, the easiest game for them. But um, it wasn't the easiest game for anyone, really. So let's talk man of the match. I've got my own opinion on who that is, but who that was. But what what do you chaps think? Hmm, who shall I ask first? Me, me, ask- me. I'll go on, Alex. Very quickly, I would just like to know your opinion on on James MacArthur and how he performed yesterday. Because I, first person next to me again thought he was brilliant, and I turned around and thought that it was his poorest game by a long way. Funny enough, if you go to the uh, the, the BBS, he he was comfortably voted the man of the match, um, and I think I think he was one of our better f- performers, Alex. But I think by his standards, um, he. he he, felt, he didn't use the ball as well as he has done and quite often he had to look for a sideways or backwards pass so he perhaps wasn't as influential as as he always is but I just feel that in terms of being, you know, getting on the ball I still think he's probably our most important player in the midfield and I thought, I thought we had a half decent game But the first uh, time miss, missing Jednak as well massively I just thought the structure of the midfield especially when we were sort of really pushing we, I think we just missed that presence in front of the back four for the first time yesterday That's, I think that was the, the biggest time we missed him out of, out of the four games we've played because Ledley would be a, a, you know, standing on the left wing and MacArthur would have run forward and now chasing it back I just felt that we needed that that, that in midfield to allow everyone behind them to, you know, in front of in front of him to, to be comfortable and and go and do a job. But I I, I think I, I don't think we did too badly really. I, my so, man of the match, yeah. Gale probably. I think always looked a threat. Yeah, okay. I think he looked a threat and he, he did a job out wide. Critters. I feel sorry for anyone that gets put put out of position and we do it in this country more than anyone. We we get a quick strike and go right. Let's stick him on the wing. We we do it so much. I just thought he looked a threat even even out wide. You said there he was getting crosses in. He was trying to work with what he had. And I he came closest for us and he was in the right place at the right time. I just, I, I just think it, I think I think in a Palace shirt he's always going to have to play that position. I don't think until you know unless we get personnel that that makes it viable for him as a lone striker. Do you know many clubs that have I'm just trying to think of a club that's got a, a Gale equivalent of striker who play, you know, with just the one up, one up top. Nobody does. I can't I really think. Berahino was doing it at the start. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got a little... wide though now. You see yeah. that? Yeah. So I think I think the only time that Gale's going to get the kind of chances that he needs, and again, you know, he, he was he was what an inch away from scoring again yesterday. I think I think coming in from coming in as an inside forward is is the way for him. I think and I think it's the right way to do it. And he he's uh, he's definitely improving in that position. I wouldn't I wouldn't say man of the match for me, but that's that's your choice, and I can understand why. What did you think, Patrick? The Moroccan Burkamp, um, Marion Shemak. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I tell you right now, it shows you how much we miss him and we need him when he was out. But I would probably say now you made that comment would be would be James MacArthur. It was a quiet game for everybody, but he just has a way of going about the way he plays, the way he tackles his movement, his passing keeps it simple. Um, you know, it wasn't. There's no one that stood out yesterday, so I would say James MacArthur, honestly, from what I saw on TV. Okay, Nicholas. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Shamak or MacArthur. I mean, Shamak did more in, in the time, or he got the team going more <laughs> in the time that he was on for the rest of the game. Uh, whether, who knows? If, if he'd have carried on, I think Shamak would have been man of the match. But <laughs> MacArthur did everything right. He did things simple when he needed to. He was always looking for space and he was always talking. And he was talking a lot to Damien Delaney, just sort of keeping him going because I think Delaney was losing focus after a couple of mistakes. And it was, it was MacArthur who was the one that 
sort of bigged him up and, you know, possibly took on the role of captain, whereas Delaney should have been captaining more, if you know what I mean. Um, OK, that's an interesting observation. Uh, Barney, what was yours? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of carry on from Gusset a little bit there, because I actually thought it was, uh, I've just been thinking about it, and I, I'm kind of torn between Dan and Ward, because I thought they were just solid, and I thought it could have been a lot worse. Um, and I kind of looked at Scott, uh, you know, at, at Dan, and just thought, actually, you've, you're just shoring us up a little bit. So similar sort of reasons to why uh, Nick possibly thinks MacArthur. I just, I, I, I think from where I was sitting, anyway, especially when that first goal went in, I, I just saw him as is taking sort of Delaney under his wing a little bit and just saying, right, mate, we're just going to forget that. All our aim is now is we're just going to not let it happen again. And I. Very difficult to decide, but then I thought Ward was just you know confident yeah. going forward, and I thought he just sort of lifted himself above everybody else's sort of misery and just thought, sod it, let's just go for it, let's just see what we can do. And, and I always saw him up the pitch, and then he, you know, he makes some brilliant runs, Wardy, and then he sort of just stopped, and that's when the frustration kicked him because he just sort of looked around and went, right, what am I doing with it? And they'll go, well, let's just pass it back, and I'm no, 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 come on, let's go forward. So, all right, if I had to pick one. I'm going to go for Dan because I think if he hadn't had sort of stepped up to the mark, as it were, I think it could have been a lot worse. All right, it's funny. I'd go for the other one that you mentioned, Joel Ward, and I just think he he did everything right defensively, uh, and like you say, he offered a, quite a lot going forward. I wouldn't say you know it's not an eight out eight or even a seven out of ten performance really, but it was it was just he did everything he had to do. Um, right. Whereas I think I think everyone else legitimately at different times you could potentially criticise. It seems weird because I still don't think and I. St- Despite the meltdown we mentioned earlier, I still don't think we played badly. We just we lacked a cutting edge, and but because of it, it, it was very very hard to look at anyone and think you you made a real difference today. But exactly. for me, yeah, for me, Ward was just about shading it as, as man of the match. I think. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's all I really want. No, there's one last little thing I wanted to talk about in, in the game. Actually, to be fair, um, the Everton tactics, the time wasting, the negativity is part of the game. We all know this. Blah 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 blah. Um, but I, I think particularly their goalkeeper. And it's interesting. We got a um, mention that Spironi was taking an age over his goal kicks as well. And people finding that frustrating. I think that was from who was that from? CPFC gifs. Um, there's frustration from the fans about how much time Spironi was taking. But I think obviously Everton's keeper was really taking a long time, ended up with a booking for it. Do we think referees should really be cutting down on this? And if, you know, if he quickly and decisively gave the, gave the guy a yellow card much, much earlier on, is, is that, isn't that the way to go, really? Well, it's for the same offence, isn't it? It's just earlier in the game. Yeah, Surely. exactly. Exactly. It's, it, there were, I mean, the whole thing of... of you know, OK, they didn't really kick the ball away or anything like that, but I, OK, you can move the the ball for a goal kick from one side of the six yard box to the other. But I mean, when he booked him as well, it was, it was, I thought for one second, he was going to send him off straight after because for, for doing it again, it was only that a substitution happened that I think saved him. But mm. it, I, I mean, there's, there's time wasting and then there's absolutely taking the piss. And I really did think they were taking the piss. Yesterday. <laughs> Do you remember and, Coventry a few years ago now when we won two, one in injury time, we were one nil down for the whole game and they spent a lot of the time, time wasting in it. Bit of money else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, I do remember. That was an amazing game, that one. Was yeah, that the one burst this year. Mm. Was right. that the, the Coventry one where we scored two with the last sort of couple of kicks of the game, Jermaine? Yeah. Easter East, and Scannell. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And I, honestly, I never celebrated a completely pointless goal more than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's, it's just it was, it was just going on. Cool. The thing is, with time wasting, it only bothered you if you're losing. So I understand it, and it never really bothered me because everybody does it. I mean, Chelsea does it, Arsenal do it, Liverpool, every all twenty teams do it. So it only bothers you when you're losing. So for me, yeah. I can't think of a grain of salt. I, I, it bothered me, but not to the point where it irritates me because, like I said, everyone does it because it's just part of the professional game now. So I just think personally, even right. though I can see us when we do it, and I love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just think I think I think a strong referee and a sensible referee will go okay look uh, maybe the sort of second third time it happens go make it quite clear to the captain of that team look I understand your time wasting I know know that that's how the game works but next time your keeper does it I'm going to book him and if he does it again I'm going to send him off so don't do it give him a verbal you know warning once booking and then if they keep pushing it deal with it because I I, I hate to say this but um, we actually go and pay and watch a game of football as well I know it's again. You say it's part of the game. We're paying to watch a game of football. We're not paying to watch a goalkeeper roll the ball from one end, our side of the box to the other. Stick <laughs> his hands on his hips. Look up the look at a few clouds and go. Oh, I think it's a punishment rather than booking them. Um, if they're deemed to be time wasting, as soon as they've kicked the ball into play, they've got to stand on the goal line and face the crowd for two minutes. They're not going to turn <laughs> so I don't think the ball's coming they've got to dive but blind I think that'll work <laughs> alright good idea introduce we'll... it in the conference yeah, see if yeah, it works we'll... out that's a good idea mate I expect you to write to the FA immediately and we'll get that sorted Brilliant. I'll have more hope than the Homesdale fanatics oh that's very negative I think no I mean no uh, platitudes to the they're, they're going to say oh yeah we'll make it cheaper and all oh, oh, Fair play to the fanatics, but the FA won't do anything about it. It's a bloody business. It's market forces. I I truly hope that they do do something about it, but I think they just they just being fobbed off, and I just wish they weren't. But I, like, you know, so it wasn't any against, anything against the fanatics. It's just I don't think that they've they've got a chance. Sorry, Sorry. Chris, can I just come in a second? Mm-hmm. I yeah. just wanted to say I think I, I not to sort of change the topics, what subject whatsoever, but I have to admit I got my uh, I got my season ticket renewal through i think it was on friday or saturday and i think you know credit where credit's due um i believe all of them have been frozen if you can you know sort of muster up the money within the next month from next from uh, last year so um i think you know congratulations to the club for doing that because i think they could have you know providing me stay up they could have whacked a, another bit on there but they haven't so i think just a a well done i think to, to the yeah, club for doing that. I, I think there's a well done there there's a topic another topic which we might get into tomorrow because obviously it's transfer deadline day and we've got a lot of time to fill um, and there's people in the <laughs> people in, in the uh stevenson lounge i used to sit there fun enough um but the, the lounge has been redone it's all plush and blah 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 blah. And their next year's season ticket includes a um it's it's a hundred pound extra yeah um but it includes a, a hundred pound c- uh, credit effectively on a card for them to spend on food and drink in the lounge now effectively you know people are, that's that's the only pe- group of people who've been slightly upset by the um by the new season ticket prices if you like um we'll talk i say we'll talk more about that tomorrow i expect and, and obviously people's view is um effectively being forced to spend money they might not have spent at the club um, and the club's view is, you know, we're trying to cut down waiting times in these lounges and get people into the into the ground earlier and to, to use, you know, to use this fund, these funds, and you know, and obviously the club have got to, they're sort of obliged to provide these services, the sort of the food and the drink services, and 
you know, you can kind of think they've got to try somehow to make it a viable part of their business as well. Um, so there's there's two sides to it. I completely understand that if you if you're in that area that you would you think, well, hang on a second, I don't spend any money at the club other than on my ticket and maybe my programme. I don't really want to eat and drink at the club. Thank you very much. Being forced to do that is a bit hard. So we'll um, we'll have a chat about that. And we'll get get a load of views on that tomorrow during the transfer window show. Uh, I've got some four word reviews um, just to finish off our match review. Oh, my phone's locked. Can you believe that? I was talking too long. That was the problem. Tony G's gone for much lead. Uh, he hasn't gone for much leaded at all. He's gone for much needed reality check. And he's correctly hashtagged with four word reviews. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> um, DR Kernas has gone for ready for the show. I don't think that actually is a four word review at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm desperately scrolling through them. Uh, Dave has gone for Give Much Some Time, which I think is a very fair one. Uh, Ginger Nuts CPFC, No Pardue, No Party. Hmm. Uh, Doug Tibbetts has gone for Cold, Wet, Bored and Uninspired. He's obviously been to Nick's. Um, <laughs> From the Palace has gone for Strange Formation, Where's Wilf? Uh, CPFC Gifts has gone for No Width, Strange Formation. Simon King, Everton Scored, Then Stifled. Kevin Childs, Ducky Friedman, new forest manager. That's not a review either. Damn it! <laughs> it's very difficult to do forward reviews live. I should have written them down before the show and during the show, but I didn't, all right? Uh, Jim has gone for overconfidence burst bubble, which is a very good one. I think we'll leave that one there. So, uh, yeah, okay. Um, we did have one last bit of contact in there. Uh, Colin Squires agreeing with what we were saying earlier. Thought that Zaha should have come on with punch going into the middle. Um, Ginger at CBC, Jules loves a bit of time wasting when winning, but in other cases, no. <laughs> so, all right when we do it, but not when other people do it. Completely agree with that. Uh, just to finish off, a very, very quick couple of minutes um, chat before we go. Uh, obviously, we've got Jedanak to come back. Uh, after he's won the Asia Cup and we mentioned that in news in brief congratulations to him for that fantastic achievement and Yannick Balassi still in the African Nations Cup as well playing uh, for DR Congo they're still in the tournament into the semi-finals but uh, I want to talk a little bit about Kwesi wait 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 Af- Chris go, on. Yeah. Yep. go ahead go talk about Paya go ahead yeah well there you go you interrupted me I'm as sorry I, was about I'm, to say I know thing. I'm so Car- sorry Cardinal I Sin. excited I'm sorry <laughs> um, yeah, all right. No, see, so, yeah. Um, so Quasi has got a goal and assist today, uh, as Garner have got uh, beat um, Guinea and got into the the semi-finals as well. Is he a possibility for us going forward? What do you think? That's international striker. We've developed him over a number of years now, getting him out on loan, getting him games. I think the intention he's, he's back from Cambridge effectively, and his intention was to get him out to I think potentially Championship level if we can, uh, if not League One. But, I mean, he, he's really gone from strength to strength there. Can he be an option for us? Yes. Uh, well, I've seen him play a few times. Uh, Chris, I like the way... He's he's actually... A, he's a very natural uh, goal scorer. He gets in and around the box very well. He's a little bit small. He's got a great work rate. He's got two feet. Shoots the ball very, very well. I think he's not ready for us now, unfortunately, because we have so many strikers on the books right now. But I think for next season, if we keep him, get him on loan maybe to a top championship team or mid-level team for next year, I think he could definitely do something for us next year. I really like the way he's developed. And that, this experience he's getting with Ghana right now is, is a really, um, it's going to be great for him. Really great. Uh, I mean, I like Cambridge fans absolutely love him and, and aren't surprised that they're going to lose him. Obviously, they get to keep Kai Kai, which has slightly placated them. But um, it's, been, it's been superb. And it's, it's his all-round game as a creator as well as a goal scorer. He's, um, he's really come on. Brilliant. Yeah, 
Um, just waiting for we've got someone in chat to mention it. I'm just waiting for that to come through. But no, he, honestly, um, I, I, it was, I, it's a bit of a surprise to me. He's like he's a year old, older than Gail, and um, uh, you know, a very similar sort of player in a way. So I, I wonder if his route through to the first team is a little, maybe a little bit blocked. And I also wonder, you know, is it? Is this a case of maybe we've developed someone well enough that we can then actually just sell and get a decent profit on? There's also that's that side of the game, isn't that's it? What I, that's what I'm thinking. Also, I heard that he's got he's on like a maybe a two or three more year contract with us, so there's definitely going to be a potential to sell him either probably not now, obviously, but maybe in the summertime. So we'll see. Yeah. Just great. It's just great to see him develop. It really is. Um, yeah, it is. So such a hard thing to do to take a player from non-league and just to, to sort of cut. And obviously, he takes a lot of personal credit for it as well. It's not just about Palace and what they've done, but just going to show you with the right management what, what people can achieve. Uh, yeah, Santiago in in, in Eagle chat is saying he's from Ghana and he's incredibly happy with Apaya. Um, yeah, and he's, he's you know there's some good players in that team that he's sort of being picked ahead of as well. So very very impressive. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much to Barney, Alex, Nick, and Patrick, and thank you to producer Tab for his first show as well as Mikey helping him in the background. I can't thank myself, but um, I'll, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. But uh, we're back. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thanks, well Patrick. Done, Chris. Cheers. Thank you, Chris. Cheers, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not that bad. Um, <laughs> cheers, Barney. Uh, so yeah, so we've got tra- day job. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you can have another another four weeks off now, Alex. Oh, <laughs> yeah, facing the crowd, surprise me. The mm. Anyway, let's not get let's not end on a bitter note. Come on, uh, we've got our transfer deadline day show tomorrow, starting at nine pm, uh, with Steve Parrish joining us later on during that. Uh, hopefully, plenty to react to. Um, hopefully, that Wolf news is confirmed and maybe a few other surprises so until then goodbye the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.